G'day folks, welcome to episode 81 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am your host, the titular Stacey, and joining me in my delightful parlour of uh, whirring computer zones is friend of the show and friend of me and general pop culture loving gentleman, it's Lee Grice. Hello! You said titular. I struggled not to snigger. <laughs> I figured that because I've been doing that for so long that it's not funny to anyone anymore, but clearly it still is. <laughs> Never not funny to me, I'm afraid. It's still a little bit funny to me, to be fair, and I'm the one saying it, so how are you, Lee? Yeah, I'm good, apart from, you know, just kind of stressed the fuck now because of yeah. all the tech issues we've had so far. Oh, yeah. For the last 55 minutes. Yeah, close to that. Yeah, yeah. So. It's certainly been. I mean, you d- you know your day is not off to a great start when you fall over in the street on some ice and then have a panic attack and have to wait fifty minutes for somebody to pick you up to drive you literally round the corner to your office. <laughs> Holy fucking hell! What a day. Yeah, that's a good start. Yeah, it was. Uh, and the most embarrassing part of it that I didn't tell most of the people in the office because it was quite embarrassing anyway. You shit yourself? Uh, No. No, it was that a lady, like, okay, so picture this, if you will. I'm walking to work. I've I've been lulled into a false sense of security by having to walk through a university campus that has apparently been gritted like sensible people. Mm -hmm. And so I'm striding along like, you know, I'm the bee's knees and I own the whole street, what I am on. And then... I just, I just fall over spectacularly ungracefully, like fweet plonk, drop a Costa coffee everywhere, which made me sad. And then panic, have a panic attack because I can't figure out how to get back up again without falling down on the patch of ice that I fell on. <laughs> and <laughs> phone my office, literally crying, can someone help me, I'm stuck on the floor. And then uh, in the midst of that, a lady came over, and this is the, the, the super embarrassing part, and I thought, oh, this is kind. She's going to help me up and, like, I don't know, walk me back to the Costa or something. I don't know, take me somewhere nice. And instead, she offers me a pound. And so I just snuffingly <laughs> said, I'm, I'm, I'm not homeless. I've just I've fallen down. And she went, oh, and walked off. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I'd be more embarrassed in my life because the worst part is, is that, like, I was dressed pretty smart for work. And she still thought, like, I was some sort of homeless person, like, having a cry on the ground. And then when she realised I wasn't, she was like, oh, fuck you then. And just just left me oh, on the ground shit. having a cry. So, you know, that was a good day. Good, good way to start your Friday, definitely. <laughs> that's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. That's, that's horrendous. It's just me, isn't it, really? Huh? Did you take the pound? No, she fucked off with it. Like... After I was after I said I wasn't homeless, she literally put it back in her pocket. I was like, "Oh, I just walked off." I'm like, "What? Well, you know, oh, I'm dude. I'm not supposed to be on the ground. I'm not like an art installation. I'm like, fucking help me." Clearly, you ju- you just I thought she's like, "Okay, homeless person, you give them a pound." When somebody says I've fallen over, I guess she didn't realise how to react to that. She'll probably get to work and like two hours later and go, oh, "I should have asked if they needed a hand." Oh. <laughs> I mean, I wonder whether she thought, oh, she's fallen on ice. If I try and pick her up, I'm going down with her. And just <laughs> well, that's thought, where no. I thought the story was going, to be honest. <laughs> I just I ended thought... up in like a heap of writhing people crying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just thought it was getting like another person comes along and then it's just like a writhing mass of people <laughs> just doing the slippery foot routine. <sighs> like and, you've stepped and, on a banana. 
everything's in black and white. It's a jangly, jangly piano. Yeah, some Benny Hill music. Fucking <laughs> 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 okay, no, that's horrendous. You know, I mean, it's bad enough. It's embarrassing enough where you fall over anyway. You feel like a complete jackass. Yeah. When you yeah. fall over anyway. You know, you just think, oh, here I am, I'm an adult, and I don't know how to walk. But Because, you know, if you trip, I mean, if you just trip, you just think, oh, God. The number of people I've laughed at when they trip in the street, even if they yeah. don't go over, they just do the, and look like a twat, kind of, and then you just think, that's a, and you think, oh, now I'm that person, that's not nice. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, the thing is, I'm quite liable to cry out of embarrassment, like, even if I hadn't started having the panic attack and hurt myself. So, like... Yeah, like everything about it was just really embarrassing. I was just a crying mess of a like wobbly lady. And the worst part is, is that like I tried to phone the, the boss that I actually work for today, and she hadn't mm. left her house, and she lives in Tamworth, <laughs> so she wasn't going to rescue me. So yeah. I thought, I know what I'll do because I'll call the people at the office I usually work f- at on like a Monday to Wednesday because that's literally next door to the office I work at on a Thursday Friday. Okay. So I phoned that office, and because I'm not there at that office, the phones aren't on yet because I start early. <laughs> so I had to leave this like snivelling, pathetic message. Hi guys, it's Daisy. Oh, I'm just reading the call for him. Are you Are you sure you want to be recording this? I just want to interrupt to just say, Are you sure you want this documented and on the internet? Do you want to hear the most pathetic part? Like no. more pathetic than being left on the ground by a lady who offered me a pound and then took it away from me. <laughs> was when the because I'd left that snivelly message. When the people who start later than me eventually got into the office and picked the message up, the one felt so bad for me. She started crying, so then she phones me crying like, "Where are you? Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm alright, Sonia. I'm just a little bit embarrassed." And- oh god. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my day. I can't believe you're in the police. That's just... Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. And then, of course, we had, like, a, a never-ending battle with Ringer and then Skype yeah, and yeah. now Audacity. I and don't Richie's know what computer. was going on with Skype. At all. I, haven't, I haven't used it in ages. I may. I, this might be the first time I've used Skype, actually, since... I had my new, my new laptop like last year. Yeah. But it, um, I thought, well, it must have updated since then or you know, whatever. And then it just opened. I'm like, I don't recognize any of this. <laughs> there's, there's no contact list. There's no little thing in the corner saying whether I'm online or not. There was a little thing with my initials that I assume that must be me then. Uh, and that was it. And he kept like, asking about bots. And I don't know what the hell was going on. I just did the IT thing of closed it off and restarted it and then it appeared. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you always have to do with computery stuff. Yeah. Just just turn it off and back on again. I wish I could have done that with my own life this morning. <laughs> Can you, but, yeah, oh well. Go back to the save point. Go back to the previous save point yeah. when you're asleep in bed. And, Not and... even that. Like, like even sort of 10 minutes prior when I was striding down the road with a skinny vanilla latte, acting like the bee's knees, because that was great. That was great. But then this, this patch of ice was like, suck my dick, Stacey Taylor. I'm not having this. You're not having a good Friday. I'm going to fucking trip you up. That, and then that I had really just takes pride comes before a fall a bit too literally. It does, doesn't it? You know, to be fair, that's... I was so happy because I was like, hey, it's Friday. I love a good Friday. You know. <laughs> Nothing can ruin my mood, you thought. Yeah. 
Nothing could, nothing could. And the worst part is, is that I'd already like slid, not full, like not full on fell over, but I'd yeah. already slid at the bus stop at the other end of this journey. Yeah. Like I'd sort of joked with people, like ha 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 ha, slipped at the bus stop. I'm just going to go home. Ha ha ha. Should have stayed in bed. But I went to work, and uh, yeah, I was fifty minutes late. <laughs> oh, God. I asked my boss if, uh, if uh, she wanted me to take it as toil because I felt bad mm. about not having done any work. And she was like, I'm not going to be the boss that tells you you have to fucking take time off in lieu for having fallen over and hurt yourself and had a panic attack. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Thanks, Sarah. Oh, fuck. But hey, we can laugh about it now. can so. laugh about it now. And here we are doing a short podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes in, haven't talked about pop culture at all. <laughs> so... <laughs> Lee, yes. shall we do that? Shall we do a bit okay, of a uh, bit of pop culture ramble festings? What have yeah, you been uh, putting your eyes upon lately? Well, do you want to talk about your three billboards? Mm. Let's. Sorry, yeah. you caught me in the middle of a sip of Fanta there. <laughs> <laughs> God, we, we're such grown-ups. I'm so Fanta. professional. Wow, so so very kind of butch. So <laughs> yeah, so I've been to the cinema a couple of times this year already, which is kind of rare for me because the year's usually a slow starter because. It tends to be a load of wank comes out until like the Marvel films kick off in like February or March. Mm-hmm. But now you you get all the uh, Januarys where you get all the Oscar stuff, which generally I'm not that into. Yeah. But there's been like a couple of corkers coming out that I just saw on kind of uh, on impulse. Really, I didn't really know much about them. I was because last year I went. I looked back at the films as whole last year, and it was literally all blockbusters. It was all Marvel movies or science fiction movies. And I thought, that's a bit shoddy, really, for me, considering <laughs> myself a film buff. And I'm literally just seeing all kind of genre movies. There's no, there was no kind of art movie in there or or even serious drama or anything. I, I think probably like Dunkirk was probably the closest I saw to a, an art film or like a serious drama. You know, there was no no even like proper crime movie in there, you know, like Sicario or, or, or something like that, you know. So uh, I was just making my list, because I do this because I'm a fucking nerd. I, I make my list, <laughs> I go on INDB and see what's coming out the rest of the year, and I make myself a list of release dates for the rest of the year. And a Jan- I think January's blank apart from the Oddman thing, First Man or Early Man. Or oh, something Early like Man, that. yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that was it. And I was just, oh, there's got to be more. So I was just looking at these things and just hitting random titles just to see what they were. And uh, Hostiles came up, which, is a, which was a Western with Christian Bale. Went to see that. That was fantastic. And then I thought, oh, that was good, because I went to see that and knew nothing about it. Yeah. And really kind of enjoyed not knowing anything about it. Because these days you kind of know everything about the movies before you go and see it, because there's been a million and one trailers. There's been a million and one leaks of you know, plots and stuff on the internet, and the trailers show you everything anyway, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, or it's based on a thing you already know about. So uh, I really kind of valued my ignorance going to see Hostiles and knowing nothing about it. So then I thought, well, let's see what else is is due out. And we saw, when we went to see uh, Hostiles, we saw the trailer for these three billboards. Actually, it wasn't a proper trailer. It was that kind of, I don't know if you have them, you'll see there's a little like, uh, it's like an advertising thing where they have a little chat to people uh, the actors like on the red carpet and stuff. It's like a faux showbiz program. That's, oh yeah, that bookends yeah. the, the the advertising and all this kind of stuff. And it looked kind of okay. It looked okay. Nice cast, but worst fucking title of a movie in the history of <laughs> since Freddie got it. fingered. You know. So <laughs> I just thought fucking three billboards outside 
yaddy whatever i thought no fuck is going to go and see that because one nobody's going to remember the title anyway because it's too kind of like specific (laughs) (laughs) and it just it's just not an interesting sounding title anyway but um, what happened after that we had then had like the proper trailers and we actually had the full trailer which was just chock full of swearing and and stuff and then it sort of said at the end from the the right director of in Bruges and mm-hmm. Seven Psychopaths, which immediately pricked up my ears because I love those films. So uh, we thought, okay, then we, we're going to have to go and see that one. Then. So it came down to that, between that and the, the Churchill thing, Darkest Hour. Oh, yeah. And and we just thought, okay, this one starts early. We'll go and see, so go and see this one. And, yeah, I'm just so glad we did because it was fucking amazing. Just absolutely Stunned me in a seat in that it's one of those thing films where, again, like Hostiles, I just didn't know where it was going because I knew nothing about it other than it stars these people and it was written directed by this this guy. The trailer didn't really give you much of an idea of what the film was about. No, not beyond at all. The, the the bare barest bones of the plot, which isn't very interesting anyway. You know, it's not like a complete, oh, wow. You think, okay, it's 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 an intriguing kind of premise in that it's about a woman whose daughter is murdered and she feels like the police have given up on the investigation. So she rents three billboards on a kind of back road that no fuck is going to see and just puts up these three posters of, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was something like, um, the first one said something like, raped while dying. And then the second one said, still, still no, no arrests. arrests yeah. And the third one says, what do you think about that, Sheriff Willoughby or something, wasn't it? Something like that. Mm. And that's it. You think, okay, that's, you know, is it a true story or what? That's that's kind of like a, a very kind of low concept kind of premise, really. But it really, it really pays off because it just spins off. It's just all about the kind of like the... The characters, like, and like, even when I was watching it, it didn't do what I thought it was going to do while I was watching it. So, yeah. uh, Francis McDormand's character, who's the, who's the mother who, who rents the billboard, you think, oh, I get it. It's going to be about her and her uh, kind of battle with the police who are corrupt, and it's going to be about how the community turn on her and how her son is going to get bullied at school and blah blah blah. And it kind of touches on that, but that's not actually the the plot at all and like it keeps wrong footing you like for example kind of a spoiler but not really the 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 sheriff played by uh woody harrelson who was really really good in this and i can be i can be very very hot and cold to to woody harrelson he's not a guy i automatically like but he was really really good in this it starts off with them having a very kind of confrontational relationship and they are uh confrontational but there's also weird bits of understanding and kindness and sympathy and stuff between them. So it's yeah. not a really clear-cut antagonistic uh, relationship between them at all, which which was really so well done and so cleverly done. Like we find out, like at one point, he, he visits her to kind of talk her out of, you know, getting rid of these billboards because they're embarrassing too. And he's trying to say, explain to her, look, you know, sometimes – investigations go cold it's not because anybody's lazy it's just nothing came up on the dna locally nothing came up on the dna nationally there was no witnesses and sometimes these things just go cold you know 
And she says, well, that's not good enough. You need to just keep at it. And then to try and convince her, he confesses to her that he's got cancer. And she just says, well, I don't give a shit. You, you better get busy then, because if you're going to die, I want this done first, which is a tremendous thing, because up till this point, you've been on her. The sympathy has been with her. And you kind of you, you, you assume that Rudy Harrelson's character, the sheriff, is going to be the bad guy. And that yeah. immediately flips it round in that you think, well, that was that was a really harsh thing for it to say. And it, and, it, and it does that through the whole film. It keeps flipping around your sympathies and and it's really and it, that felt really uh, real to me this was one of the things i was saying to rich afterwards because um i enjoyed the movie but i can't figure out how much i enjoyed the movie because i had some issues with it which i'll come mm. back to but yeah i think this was something i liked a lot about in bruges as well because i me and rich have been wanting to see this film for about six or seven months since we saw the trailer like last year mm. <laughs> because in bruges is probably in my top five movies of like all time and what they do in that, and in this movie as well, is they the characters aren't black and white in the sense that there aren't good guys and there aren't mm. bad guys. There are, like, good-ish people who do some shitty things sometimes and, like, terrible people who also do good things sometimes yeah. as well. Like, in In Bruges, you, you're, kind of, you're supposed to be on the side of, of uh, Colin Farrell's character, whose name I'm, I want to say is Ray, but I can't mm. actually remember. Because, you know, he's basically he's going to get murdered and you're like oh but you know he only accidentally shot a kid mm. but he's also a fucking hitman yeah so, <laughs> you know so like yeah he, he was shooting you know he did he'd, he'd gone to the church to shoot a priest who was diddling kids but he's he shot somebody yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you know and um and with this movie as well like there's a lot of a lot of scenes where the people who you think you're supposed to feel sorry for do really shitty things and the people you think you're supposed to hate do some really good things yeah and that's kind of the nature of actual people yeah so, <laughs> so um i think it's probably one of the more realistic films i've seen in terms of characterization it is, it is. i mean it's like it's like I say, it is kind of like emotionally real, and, and but it's also kind of exaggerated at the same time. I mean, a lot of yeah. characters are very broad and funny and and stuff like that at the same time. But yeah. one one of the bits again that really struck me on this kind of note is, and we've all seen like revenge thrillers before, and it's that the kind of like the victim's home life is always presented as squeaky clean and idyllic. And just perfect, and then they die, and it's a horrible tragedy. And then their parent goes on a righteous revenge kick, and you yeah. go, "Okay, fair dues." But when you see the flashback, you find out that it's a very realistic kind of um, or believable family in that they just squabble and fight, and yeah, they love each other because they're family, but they bitch and moan and they say horrible things to each other uh, and all that kind of stuff, which makes it almost even more effective and more tragic because it's not a case of, oh, well, they were lovely and they had a lovely time together, but they had like they had like horrible unresolved issues where they said horrible things to each other that they wish they could take back. And, and I think that kind of adds to why the mother character probably does go off the rails a bit because she knows she's not perfect and she could have been better in the past and could have done things differently in the past and all that kind of stuff. Plus, it also just feeds into, again, why she does stuff. I mean, really, the billboards thing is kind of obsessive, but it's not as bad as things get. They get worse. But you can understand why it, that characterization is is constant throughout, that she's very uh, hot-tempered and, and that kind of stuff, although she's very kind of uh, 
brilliantly sympathetic at the same time. Like there's probably my favourite scene. Again, I, I, it's a, this is a bit spoilery, but not really because uh, it's quite near the start of the, of the film. Is there's again you've got the, the sheriff and mother set up as antagonists, and she she gets arrested for a really funny thing that I don't want to mention because that kind of that would be a spoiler. And and they're having like a, a head-to-head in the police in his office. And it's all very entertaining because it's a real kind of jewel of wits and a bit of a bitch fest and there's funny dialogue and shit going and it's binging backwards and forwards and it's getting a bit hostile and angry and aggressive. You think, okay, it's kicking off. And then suddenly he coughs blood onto her face and he's horrified and she's horrified. And then there's a really beautiful moment where she calls, I can't remember she calls it, she said something, it's okay, baby, or something like that, because he's clearly terrified because he's got cancer and he's never coughed blood before. And he's done this horrible thing to this person. And she's like, and it, it suddenly, the, the, the scene just kind of suddenly flips around from being this kind of fight to being a, a completely different scene altogether. And, so, yeah. and suddenly, it's not about the main plot. It's about all of a sudden, he's, his condition's deteriorated. And it's like, and it just completely throws you. And the, and the whole film is just full of that kind of stuff. And I think that was, that was my favorite scene in there because it, it was just such a, a spin and you would never because I've I've got that kind of I've seen enough films to know you can loosely generally tell where things are going to go. Uh you know, if you if you watch enough movies, you you know where, you know, how act one will go and what's gonna happen in act two generally and all this kind of stuff. But at no point in this film did it go anywhere I thought it was gonna go. Mm. You kind of guess, and it would go, no, fuck off, we're doing something completely different now. I think that, that was a little bit why I had a bit of a problem with it, and it's not its not necessarily the movie's fault, because um, it is brilliantly well done. I can't argue with the fact that like the performances are amazing, mm. the direction is amazing, the writing is amazing, but I have, I'm a bit of a, a weirdo when it comes to resolutions. <laughs> in, yeah. uh, in films and shit, I like to have them. And, you know, not to, like, massively spoil this for people, but this film starts a lot of stuff it doesn't finish, mm. not least of which is, you know, the murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, that's the thing, that it it's not a whodunit. So don't go expecting, and everybody will go expecting. Well, yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, and it really teases you as well at one point. And I, my heart was starting to sink at that point where it was going, okay, now we're kind of back to a conventional plot. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, okay, yeah, well, I suppose they've got to do this, really, because it's a film and they've got to wrap this thing up <laughs> at yeah. some point. But then they kind of uh, don't at all. So it's, yeah, it's one of those things that you kind of, I could imagine, I don't think you'll be alone in yeah. being kind of, what was that about? <laughs> I think I think the thing for me was I wouldn't have minded the sort of like murder not getting solved because that's mm. that's like an interesting twist really for a mm. you know for a for a movie that's like unusual but mm. I think it's the fact that I don't want to spoil the very ending but the the ending is sort of the start of something yeah <laughs> and that and you never find out what happens with that <laughs> and no. I'm like oh I want I want to I kind of want a bit of a follow up on this <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's like, mm. it is it just I think yeah, I get what you're coming from at all. And as it ended, I'd look to my mate and uh, I was thinking, should we remain seated? Is every <laughs> film now going to have an end of trailers? 
end of credit scene. Yeah. Uh, because this feels <laughs> like there's going to be an end that's going to go for about another half an hour. To be honest, it feels like there's 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 a lot more to be said. But uh, but I kind of but that I'm I'm kind of the opposite. I I really dig an open ending, um, uh, and I don't think we get enough of those anymore. I think there's a, there's a lot of uh, I don't want to say formularized writing, but there's a lot of traditional writing these days yeah. where it's a case of and I think there is a lot of that kind of coming from the kind of how to script a blockbuster type books and 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 things that go around there saying okay you've got to have an animal but the animal can't can't die and you know the at the end of act one the main character has to go through a transformative experience and all that kind of stuff yeah so i kind of really value like i said before being surprised and not knowing but it, but, it, but having said that it has to kind of make sense too it has to it has to have a truth to it you can't just wing off in uh random directions like for example twin peaks last year i hated frankly <laughs> do you know what my hubby and and phil were going on about this in hmm. the end of uh year review podcast because yeah. they both thought it was like the pinnacle of tv yeah. and i i just do not understand it and to be fair i've not seen most of the original stuff so hmm. that that doesn't put you in good stead for trying to understand twin no. peaks but so much of it was stuff that I was like, how are you watching this and not like bored off your head or yeah. confused as fuck or yeah, angry? It didn't, like, yeah, I <sighs> gave up about halfway through. After the, the infamous, was it episode seven or episode eight that was just a big trippy hour? A big explosion-y thing yeah, for like and ages. Just, yeah. and, and I just, at that point, I just thought, you know what? I'm 47 now and I don't enjoy being confused as much <laughs> as I used to when I was 20. I'm going to die someday, and I, I haven't really got time for this kind of thing anymore. I used to, I mean, yeah. I loved, I used to love uh, the original Twin Peaks and, and stuff like Razorhead. I fucking loved the Razorhead and just being completely confused and having to figure. I used to love films and TV series that were a puzzle, but yeah, and comics as well, stuff like uh, Bill Sinkovich's Stray Toasters and, and stuff like that, yeah. where you'd have to read it two or three times to, to, to put it together and figure it out, and it was a puzzle. I haven't got time for that anymore. I, it's like, no, the, the fucking, my life clock is ticking. I, I haven't got time to be this confused. And I just, I just about halfway through, yeah, Twin Peaks, I just realized this isn't going to get resolved. Nothing is going to get resolved. He's just throwing random shit out now. It probably made complete sense to him. I don't even think that's true. I think some of it was genuinely, I wonder how much of this they'll lap up. Well, that's the thing. I, I, I like you know surrealism and stuff like that. I dig it, but I don't like being taken the piss out of. And sometimes yeah. you watch it and you just think he's literally just like you say, seeing what he can get away with now. <laughs> yep. I'm sure. I mean, do these things even have scripts? What are the actors thinking? And it was just kind of, and it was just the. I know we've we've completely drifted off the topic, but there was the stuff about uh, I can't remember what his character the character's name was now, but Agent Cooper, and he was kind of yeah. like in the body of the other guy, and he was like oh, Dougie. Dougie, and I was just watching this thinking at this point I think we might be just be taking the piss out of the mentally ill. It's just and it and it didn't make sense. Like if your husband, who you've got a perfectly normal relationship with, and you converse with, and you know, have arguments and conversations and everything with. And he came from work, home from work tomorrow, and he didn't talk and he stared ahead and he didn't know how to have a pee and he didn't know how to feed himself. 
You take him to the hospital, like, straight away. Oh, I'd be pretty fucking concerned, yeah. yeah. you'd be all over that. And, yes, and, yeah, this guy went, <laughs> this went on for, like, four episodes that I saw. And he was just blundering around at work and nobody was paying any attention. And his wife didn't kind of twig and, and all that kind of stuff. And it was just driving me up the wall because it did just step too far away from just common sense. Like I dig fantasy and I dig magical realism and all that kind of stuff. But it just went, it just went too far for me from reality. It just didn't make any sense. Nobody at any point went, you know, if I saw a complete stranger on the street behaving like that, I'd find an ambulance for them. <laughs> yeah, I'd give them a pound and then leave them there. So, you know, so it's, it's yeah, it was, yeah, way to completely destroy my argument there. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, so, uh, but yeah, so I can't remember what the original point was, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, so I kind, I kind of like being surprised and not knowing where things go. And, and I, I kind of value stuff that now particularly i mean i do love the blockbusters and the marvel stuff and and that and i appreciate that there's kind of um rules to storytelling and or to good storytelling and that kind of stuff and if you're going to break the rules or if you're going to twist things around you need to be really good at it you need to know what rules you can break and yeah. what rules you can bend and that kind of stuff and you have to be really fucking good at it to justify it you have to engage people in other ways which segue back into the point this film did <laughs> It, it kind of just, it, you know, it kind of, it's not, I had, I had a friend of mine because I, I, I put on Facebook, well, I went to see this, it's bloody really. And a friend of mine messaged me going, oh, what, what kind of film would you think it, it would, what, what do you describe it as? And you kind of go, go, well, I guess it's kind of a crime drama. It's like a dark comedy crime drama. Yeah. Because, Ish. but it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> but it's kind of not because it's not about, solving the crime particularly and it's not about people although it is about people who commit crimes but not <laughs> it's not about them getting caught particularly yeah uh, or how they did it or how they got away with it or who did it because like I, you do find i found myself like while i was watching it thinking okay so who did it is it you know it suddenly felt like the start of um Hong Kong Fury. Was it <laughs> Rosemary, the telephone operator? No. And, and then you, you kind of look in eyeing people up going, was it him? Is it, is it the other cop? Is it, you know, this random guy who walked into the shop and was a really a big dick to the mother and all this kind of stuff? And then you kind of realise at a certain point, I'm playing the wrong games with it. I'm I'm thinking mm. about it wrong. That, that it's not laying down the clues that a, a typical crime drama should be setting down. Yeah. And, and like I say, and things, it just doesn't go where you think it's going to go at all. You know, characters who you think are just going to be there for comic relief become main characters. Characters who you think are going to be main characters kind of disappear for reasons and and that kind of stuff, you know? The only quibble I had with it really was there's an awful lot of quirky, funny-looking male actors in it. Everybody's kind <laughs> of got a unique face or unique mannerisms and so on. But when it comes to the women, you've kind of got Frances McDormand, who's brilliant, obviously, and then you've got, like, this grandmother character who's fucking genius. Oh, God, I love her. I only know her from, um, she's in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. As, I think it's Mac's mom. Yeah. 
But there was a scene in this movie, like, it's hilarious because I was so distracted by this, I thought it was so funny. There's quite an important thing going on in the background and in the foreground, she's asleep on the settee and a turtle's crawling <laughs> into her lap. I was dying. Yeah. I was like, look at that turtle, he's nestling right into my crotch. Rich was like, Stace, calm down. Yeah, it's just it a was. turtle. Yeah, I was, like, I was, ah. yeah, I was kind of obsessed with the tortoise myself. I just think, <laughs> oh man, I love that tortoise. But I was like, oh yeah, but so, but the other women characters are all kind of young, pretty women. There's, there's like the sheriff's wife, there's the mother, Francis McDormand's ex-husband's new girlfriend. There's like the, the, the girl who works in the office that rents out the billboards and there's like a TV reporter and they're all kind of the same age and level of attractiveness and you just think they're all very young, pretty characters. Yeah. Although the 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 girlfriend, the, the ex-husband's girlfriend character, I kind of loved her. She's only in it in a little <laughs> bit, but she's fucking amazing at the yeah, same time. Yeah, she's brilliant. And I can't really say why. I just got to put it down to the actress who's just fucking brilliant. You did tell me who her name was, and I can't remember. That. Yeah, I've forgotten her name too, but she was in the Babysitter. Yeah, that's what I told you to watch. That was right. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet, but uh, but she but she was really really good, and I thought yeah, we could do more of her. So it would have been nice to, and, and she seemed very kind of interchangeable with the with the girl in the office. They seemed like they could be the same character almost. Yeah, like there's a, there's a bit, and I kind of later I thought, oh, I wish. For example, the girl in the office, like at one point, there's the um, one of the cops comes in and kind of causes a ruckus in the office, the billboard rental office, because they want the, the billboards taken down. And he causes a bit of a ruckus, to put it lightly. And on his way out, he punches the, the girl in the face, which is a shocking moment and true to the character. I'm not complaining about that. It's true to the to the moment. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking like, it would have been really nice if they'd flipped that around and had, rather than her being punched in the face, if she completely flipped around to what you weren't expecting, because what we've seen of her before has been very sweet and pretty and nice and funny and whatever. If she just flipped around and she'd kicked his ass on his way out or something like that, yeah. or she'd punched him, you know? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, something like that would have been a bit more, just a bit nice. And now I'm, I realise I'm really just picking nits, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, but that's the only thing that slightly niggled me. I mean, and it, it feels really disingenuous, to be honest, about complaining about how women were portrayed when you got Frances McDormand as the lead, and you got yeah. the granny character who's just phenomenally, <laughs> who were just completely mould-breaking type characters anyway. You know, so it feels a bit shitty to me. You know, I feel like a bit of a dick for pointing it and saying, "Well, these these three, four minor characters are all just pretty." You know, attractive and young. You know, when you've got these, but that's that's just that just occurred. And I'm not that sort of stuff wouldn't really occur to me. So, but it did occur to me. So that's the only thing I can pick up. To me, I mean, like I said, I mean, yeah, I I enjoyed everything about it except for the fact that it didn't wrap anything up yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because, like, thing is, I I'm like you. I like to be surprised by stuff. Mm. Like me and Rich watched the trailer for this when it came out in like I think it was like September last year or something, mm. and then we haven't touched it since we knew we wanted to see it because we mm. love in bruges and the cast looked great and the trailer it didn't tell you too much so we were like yep sold yeah and i love the fact that it was very unpredictable um it's just it's just that like i like things to have an ending yeah and i don't i don't mind how we get there how predictable or unpredictable it mm. is as long as it's enjoyable i don't mind how we get there but i like there to be an ending because there's this sort of like ongoing joke with me and rich about 
there's a lot of films he likes where nothing much happens and mm. nothing really gets resolved. The big one I can think of at the moment off the top of my head is called Drinking Buddies. Mm. And it is literally just about two people who drink and they kind of fancy each other and they don't really know how to go about doing that and mm. then it ends and I'm like no they either have to get together yeah. or they get together with other people like I was getting really stressed about it because I was like nothing happened in this movie yeah. Rich was like yeah it's kind of like life isn't it and I was like yeah but I don't watch movies to see you know boring life yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. Like, movies are not for that for me anyway. yeah, that's, I, yeah I agree I was just like no I don't, I'm not paying 10 quid to go and see something I could see if I just sat in the middle if I just of the existed yeah, <laughs> if I just walked out of the house and opened my eyes. <laughs> if I went down yeah. to the pub and just sat in a corner. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. No, I want to see, which is why I, I I think I've kind of fallen away from watching, not entirely my fault because I don't put a lot of these films in the cinemas now because we've got blockbusters all year round now, thanks yeah. to the Marvel movies. It's like 12 months of blockbusters now. It used to just be in the summer and then maybe one at Christmas. Now it's yeah. all year round. So the the other kind of stuff, the kind of like the... the uh, the usual suspectsy stuff and the and the crime stuff and that kind of stuff, you know, the, the character dramas and stuff. I tend to get nudged out now, and they kind of also, um, from my experience in the film, we tend to not get the kind of the foreign films in either. You know, even the Hong Kong stuff yeah. that we were, we were getting quite a lot of. You know, House of Flying Daggers and and Red Cliff and all that kind of stuff, which I was really digging. That there doesn't seem to be room for that anymore either, which kind of pisses me off because I like that stuff. So. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. It, you kind of you, you kind of do want you, you know your different flavors, which is why I'm kind of enjoying this kind of little month you know, before Black Panther comes out. Yeah, <laughs> and it all starts again. Yeah, where it's like, oh shit! Well, suddenly I've got you know I've watched Hostiles and I've watched you know three billboards and I might go and see Darkest Hour and I'm kind of like in the look of the post and like all of a sudden there's these kind of maybe I need to go and see these now quickly. Before the the blockbusters come out, because I mean, I mean, I, I, as much as I love the blockbusters, you know, I kind of want to see other stuff yeah. uh, as well, you know. I think I've said this on a previous episode, but I am not that excited about any of the Marvel movies coming out this year. <gasps> I know, like Black Panther has not wet my whistle at all, trailers wise. I think Avengers, whatever the whatever, what is it, Infinity Infinity Bollocks? War, yeah. That that trailer is so unbelievably not exciting to me <laughs> so completely superhero generic yeah but the only the only film i'm looking forward to superhero wise this year oh ant-man and the wasp mm. like i forgot was even happening <laughs> uh until rich mentioned it the other day i was like oh shit yeah like the yeah. only one i'm looking forward to is deadpool and i've seen yeah. no trailers for that yet and it's due out in like four months yeah yeah so i don't know I'm very conscious, Lee, of the fact that we've talked for 45 minutes and we were going to keep this short and we've only talked about one thing. Okay. So I guess that was our three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri special. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I do not trust us to start talking about something else now no. and keep it short. <laughs> no, fair so, news. <laughs> so um, if you would be so kind as to join me in another couple of weeks for an extra yeah. bonus bit where hopefully our technology doesn't go hey, beforehand look. so we can actually talk about Yeah, that'd be great. But you know, we we haven't fit, tried you know closing this off and saving it yet. So let's let's not go counting yeah. our chickens. <laughs> no, right. Well, let's let's do all the goodbyes then and see okay. how this goes, and whether or not I throw Richie's computer out the window afterwards. Uh, Lee, <laughs> where can people find you on the internet? Should you wish to be found, uh, you can find me on various porn sites. No, no, no. You can find <laughs> me on uh, Twitter 
at uh, lovelyly underscore G. That's my kind of my my abode now, really. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm there if you can put up with my uh, this kind of rubbish in 280 character form. I know. It's all exciting now, isn't it, that we get to say slightly more words? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Although, because I was very good at, I don't need an extra 140 characters. Get this away from me. Uh, but now, because my, my phone hasn't caught up, my, because my phone's old, so my phone is now 140, and I'm fucking cursing my phone. Jesus <laughs> Christ, I haven't got enough room to say what I want to say. I'm going to have to break this See, into two tweets now. I, I didn't think I needed an extra 140 characters, and I was right. What I needed was about 10. <laughs> I've always got just like a word too many to say. <laughs> that being said, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can get treated to a recent thread of tweets where I get legitimately obsessed with the song Filthy by Justin Timberlake. I still haven't decided whether or not I genuinely like it because half of the song is amazing and the other half is gash. And I just don't know. I just don't know. If you want to tweet at me about that or anything else that Lee and I have discussed in this episode today, you can drop me a tweet at Stacey's Parlour. Also on Instagram as StaceBobT if you want to see pictures of my face, my dinner and my comics. Uh, occasionally Funkos also. Worth it for the fringe photos. Oh yes, definitely lots of photos of my fringe doing things it's not supposed to do. Fucking madness. It's just just not supposed to do them. It defies gravity some days. It's it's a better special effect. I don't even use product. Than than Medusa in the Inhumans TV series. It was, you know... (laughs) It's, it's, a, it's a wonder to behold. It genuinely is. I think it might have a mind of its own, but anyway. You can also email me, stacysparlour at gmail.com. Uh, leave an iTunes review. Give us five-star ratings on Podchaser. Drop some money off in my coffee pot thing, tip jar, coffee, whatever it is. I forget the address, so like, <laughs> I don't know. I'll put it in the show notes or something. Yeah, all the links should be on the website, surely. Yeah, of course they are, of course they are. Yeah. They definitely are. Come join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group because blah, 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 within the next couple of weeks, I'll probably be starting to announce guests for the live show called Blimey, which will be happening on Saturday the 28th of April. God, that's not far away now, is it? It's not, and the schedule is not very full. That's, that's come on quick. <laughs> it's because normally I do it in July, don't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. And that's what's thrown me, is I thought I've got loads of time for this, and then realised, <laughs> oh, shit i haven't but it's okay because i've got one really amazing no i've got like i've got five really amazing guests and then like four maybes yeah who who are also amazing well i can't remember if you've asked me but i'm up for it or you know i haven't yet but you are going to be invited okay that's cool you know any excuse at all So keep an eye on the Twitter and the Facebook accounts for that. And uh, thank you, Lee, for persevering with shitty technology (laughs) for 45 fucking minutes. (laughs) Quite all right. I wouldn't do it for anybody else. Just so you know. Oh, God, it's a good job I'm cute. (laughs) It's those eyebrows. I cannot resist those eyebrows. Oh, those sexy, sexy eyebrows. I was uh, I was talking to somebody the other day. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast. And, you know, after we've already said goodbye is the wrong time to start telling it, but I'll tell it anyway. Uh, we were talking about sexiness in music because I was saying that, like, half of Filthy Boy Justin Timberlake is one of the sexiest songs I've ever heard. And uh, we were talking about Prince because he's, like, the king of sexy times. Mm. And um, I went to see Prince a couple of years before he passed. And uh, it would have been weird if I'd seen him a couple of years after. after yeah, that would that would have been that would have been a hell of a ticket. <laughs> Wouldn't it, though? And I was wearing a shirt dress at the time mm. that, like, had buttons down to, like, 
the waistband-ish. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this, I've never had any problem with this dress previously to this gig. Fit me like a glove. But four times, no less than four times during this gig, did my shirt dress pop open, exposing my bazongas. Uh, luckily, I was wearing bra at the time. I didn't notice until my husband looked at me and went, why are your tits out? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm a prince. I need no excuse. On it, and I've never had a problem with that dress again. Like, I mean, aside from the fact now that I've put on so much weight, I don't fit it at all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, such is the power of Prince's Funk. And on that note, have a wonderful rest of January, folks. I didn't say Happy New Year because it's after 12th night and I don't want to give everybody the kind of bad luck I've had today. <laughs> so, <laughs> so have a good January and I'll see you soon. Smooch. Bye. Cooking up me